thoughts, ideas, people, caravan maintenance, trundle beds. What's that plastic thing doing down there? Shut up, Renee. Quiche. Niche. Niche's quiche. Yeah, 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 yeah cradled in that, you know, because if you were tiny, if you're like the size of a, like a fingernail, I think that if you'd sit in someone's ear, like a little ear hammock, it'd be, it'd be bloody comfy, wouldn't it? You snuggle around in there and just whisper things in. Maybe that's what bipolar people feel. They feel like there's a little tiny guy sitting, um, or gal sitting in the, uh, or they sitting in the crook of their ear, just whispering little things at them. Satan, Satan lives. I've been whispering that in Luna's ear since day one just because i think it's so funny just, the ridiculous nature of uh also um my mother-in-law's uh quite not staunchly catholic like a lapsed catholic but still you know in fear um so if luna starts talking about satan it freaks her out and uh my partner does not like that mind you i love my partner oh god i love her she's look she has because, you know, money's too tight to mention. And she has scrimped and saved and we're off. We're on holiday. And it's just been... So I've just got an hour. The reason why I have, didn't have to do a podcast last week was just... There was just no time to have to myself to do it. So she's kindly left me in the city of... We're, we're all together. But she's gone out for the morning. It's We're in Japan. Um, please don't get jealous. Uh, she booked these tickets a long, long time ago, so it was a lot cheaper because I looked at changing a flight and, oh my God, it's um, it's so expensive. But anyway, we're here and it, the accommodation is incredibly expensive. God damn it, I can't believe how expensive it is. But the food is so... not Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, we're having a wonderful time. We're arguing a lot. I think that's just what you do when you're on holidays. You just, you're just taking the family on tour. You're just taking the argument... Outside, actually, dear the dear um, uh, dearly departed, rest in peace, Dave Jory, uh, who's a Sydney comic, amazing guy, amazing guy, and you don't just say that about people who've passed, but this guy is a absolute was a beauty is a beauty and a gem because he's still in all our hearts, a lot of us in the comedy community, and um, yeah, he used to have a very funny joke about taking that shit on tour. And that's what I feel like we're doing um, right now. I'm homeschooling Luna for a couple of weeks, so that's... Uh, she hates it, uh, does not want to learn. She just refuses to learn, which is definitely a trait of mine. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just been a lot. It's been so much fun. It's so hot. It's like between 35 and 38 degrees every day. And it's, it's like walking through soup. It is just, it's like you open up the front door if you've got aircon, and it's like you've just immersed yourself into a bowl of miso. Um, so I'm really enjoying it. So konnichiwa. I hope you guys are doing well and I hope you're not too envious that I'm overseas, but I've got some great little stories to tell you. I'm really, 
really, really enjoying. I didn't enjoy Disneyland. I got to say, oh god, over expensive, uh, overstimulating, tears everywhere. I mean, she's only six years old, but the tears that were going on, and just like, really, it's a very, very, very different culture here. Like, it's. I love the aspect that it's it's not a reserve. There's punks around. Like we've had some very strange incidents. We were on a rooftop somewhere in the mid afternoon. It's like forty degrees outside in the middle of Tokyo, and we found this weird punky Japanese art exhibition. We and we got there. We were there at like two in the afternoon, and the main artists and everybody running the bar were blind drunk already. I didn't realize how much they drank in Japan. They're bloody, they're like. It's Australian levels of drinking. It's extraordinary. Because every... Um, hang on a minute. I need to have a cough. Yeah, like every convenience store. So you're like your 7-Elevens over here are decked out. I can tell you. Um, they do... And yes, I do eat meat sometimes, guys. So they do a fried chicken. And if it's freshly done at 7-Eleven, which sounds disgusting, it I, I, I challenge it against any other fast food chain chicken. I know some of you are like uh, balking at this right now, but it's true. Uh, but it's just booze non-stop. So you can buy booze any uh, any hour of the day from 7-Eleven. You can wake up in the morning, go buy yourself a beer. And that's what a lot of Japanese people do. So we went to this art exhibition. We didn't know it was an art ex exhibition up there. We're, just, we're not wankers. We weren't sniffing it out. Um, although we are off to the Art Islands, which is going to be fun. But uh, we went up the top there. So it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. They're all drunk. Everybody is so drunk. But there's a whole lot of, like, you know, salary men. Uh, I don't know if you know what the salary man is, but they're uh, like Japanese businessmen, typically always in a short sleeved white shirt, which is a really good look. So gray pant, uh, a, a nice black dress shoe or brogue with a really crisp, clean button up white business shirt, sleeveless, not sleeveless, short sleeved, uh, maybe with a pen protector. No, not joking. That's the look. And occasionally you'll see those guys blind drunk um, in the street after a night out, after being salarymen. I think that's why the alcohol laws here are so relaxed and so cheap. I was not drinking in Australia and I definitely have drank drunk here, but not to excess because um, I'm, I, you know, I've got to look after my little girl, uh, but I've really enjoyed it. But God, God damn it, I think that that's the payoff if you're a salary man and you devote your life to working in a dead-end job um, that they make alcohol quite cheap to keep you, I don't know, to keep the masses, I guess, medicated in a way. It, it, it's really wrong. It's topsy-turvy. Um, but yeah, we're on the top of this rooftop and Luna, of course, being a cute little Western girl that copped a lot of attention. So everyone's like, oh, she's cute. Um, and yes, if I do some accents today, it's not definitely not coming from a place of, um, anyway, I, I, maybe I just won't do the accents because someone will bloody, God, everybody's got their knives out at the moment. God, the culture's weird. There's no culture wars here, but there is repression. There's definitely repression. There's some weird stuff going on with, um, uh, I think they're called the Mar Marki, which are young geisha. Weird. Uh, I've looked into it because we're in Kyoto. Um, and I, then I was thinking, is it cultural appropriation if Luna... Because Luna is obsessed with Harajuku girls. And if you don't know what a Harajuku girl is, they're um, not not just from the Gwen Stefani song, uh, Harajuku girls, which you can look up, but it's a subculture. It's a subset. Gion? I don't know. Anyway, they, um, they dress up amazingly. And Luna's like, I want that. She wants to be a Harajuku girl. And we looked at the dresses, and I'm not shitting you. Some of the dresses, uh, they were like... 
three three to $400 Australian. We're, like, we're obviously not doing that. So we found some cheap knockoff stuff at a market and we're going to do a Harajuku shoot next week with me and Luna. But Luna really wants to do a makeup uh, course with a geisha. And I found a cheap one. But then I was thinking, is that wrong? Because I saw... I saw a, a woman yesterday in the streets of Kyoto who looked like, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Miriam Megalis, <laughs> dressed as a geisha, which is like just a middle-aged, a middle-aged white lady with um, grey curly hair dressed as a geisha. It just looked really wrong. Like, no, you shouldn't be doing that. It, it's almost like, because they put on the white makeup, it's almost like, it's, I mean, it's white face. It's white face for geishas. It's geish face. And it's not, yeah, it, it just didn't look right. But maybe I'm just being too... I mean, obviously, blackface is not right. There's, I mean, there's no two ways about it that's just really wrong. Um, but then there's, I saw recently that Bradley Cooper is in trouble for Jewface. So I don't know if you've been following this, but Bradley Cooper is doing... And I'm just paraphrasing here and trying to remember. I think it's Leonard Bernstein or Bernstein, um, the great, uh, amazing composer from the early, early 20th century in America, who was a Jew, and, I mean, he didn't really have... Because oh, I looked at a photo and I read an article, and his nose wasn't really that... And I will we'll say Jewy, and I know, I know someone will get me for that, but fuck you guys, my best friend's Jewish. My best friend in the world is Jewish. So he'd love this. He'd love, he would be listening to this, by the way. Um, anyway, so he's got done for Jew face because he's wearing a prosthetic nose. I just think we're being a little bit... I mean, I can understand if, you know, you're getting a Caucasian guy to play an Asian person. I just... Anyway, it's all bloody... It's all confused. But if a little girl wants to dress up like a geisha, which is a subservient cu- uh, subculture, uh, in order to pleasure men, then she should be... <laughs> uh-huh. My name's Sam Simmons, and welcome to News Slap. News. Info. Friends. Computers. Gossip. Friends. Important. News slap. Info. News Slap. Friends. In Alice Springs, a man has forgotten his PIN number again. Oh, I haven't forgotten it. I just can't remember it right now. And if he doesn't remember his PIN number, then he won't get the money so he can't catch the bus where he won't meet the girl. Is there a girl? Of course. Every good story has a girl. Aww. And in other news, I don't like watching old people eat soft serve ice creams. Aww. Now here's some random words that sound important when Irene Scott says them. Chutney. Tendrils. Trundlebed. Plum, Dr. Noodles, Dad Hole, Salmon Volivant. And with sports, it's our transgender sports reporter, Robin Manhands. No one really likes lacrosse. That's the sports news. Sounds like someone slapping two cats together. Aww. And just before we go, here's two baby pandas. Aww. Shut up, Robin Manhands. And that's all the news slap for now, all across Australia, on your radio. And listening online, all around the world. Friends. Okay, so Disneyland. This, because well, I, I get laughed at a lot by young um, Japanese males. Uh, they giggle at me when they look at my face, and I know why. We all know why. Super Mario, and uh, that's, and they think it's funny, or the fact that they seeing a slightly. I mean, I'm not that fat these days, but you know, so I, I guess by Japanese standards, not sumo standards. Um, I'm portly, um, but not portly, not really portly anymore. I'm trying to be good. Um, but yeah, because I wear a cap and I've got the mustache, a lot of giggling goes on. You can see it. I know that they're laughing at me. I'm trying to pick up on certain words. 
Oh, sorry. Uh, trying to pick up on certain words so I can understand exactly what type of, uh, you know, what they're saying about me. But I get, I get it. But I was at Disneyland. Don't fucking do that to me when you're at Disneyland wearing a, pa- a pair of, like, mirror ball-shaped uh, Mickey Mouse ears on your head as a gang of young men. So as a gang of young men with Mickey Mouse ears on their head, all mirrored and shimmery, laughing at me like oh, I'm the idiot. For just scooting around with my face that looks like what it does, wearing a baseball cap. Have a fucking good look at yourself. You stupid... Look at your fucking self. Anyway, um, lots of very funny interactions in Disneyland. It's like almost a form of arrested development for us, for adults, young adults, and even old adults at Disneyland just reliving their childhood in a way that looks really disturbing. Like they really masked some type of uh, childhood trauma by watching Sunday night's Wonderful World of Disney, which um, I guess any young listeners to, of this podcast will have no idea what I'm talking about. But so, back in the olden days when you just watched TV channels, on Sunday nights there was the Wonderful World of Disney. And you'd always hope it was a cartoon when you were a kid. Like, oh, come on, cartoons. And then if they put on an animal documentary, you'd be like, oh, shit. Anyway, that was our exposure to Disney. But um, the way the Japanese voraciously just devour the Disney-like culture, it's unlike... And the money they spend... Oh my, I can't, I mean, I guess, look, maybe they've saved up all year for this experience. I mean, we've saved up a long time for this experience as well, but we're definitely, we're not in the gift shop just buying just mountains of shit you do not need. Oh my goodness. Uh, Luna's been like restricted to just a few toys and it's really hard because it's just, it's the cutest culture in the world and she wants everything. I mean, I think she wishes she was Japanese. Kitchen Secrets Always be adventurous when cooking, like the Chinese. I think that's racist. Not if you're a Chinese. Kitchen Secrets You know, I've never had more pictures with, um, you know, insert commas, uh, fans than in Japan than I have in the last two years in Australia. I guess there must be an ease at which if you're traveling abroad and you see a friendly face and you recognize someone, um, you know, who you've seen on the TV, that you go, oh, I can do, I'm just going over there to get a selfie. In the first few days in Tokyo, I reckon about six people stopped me to get a selfie, which was, I've, I've, honestly, I've not had six people in two years in Australia. Um, anyway, I guess there's an ease at which when um, Aussies like to travel. And some really nice Australians I've met as well. Even like a, a weird um, Belgian guy who obviously recognised me off UK television uh, came and got a selfie. He's like, excuse me, are you Sam Simmons? Uh, which was, uh, you know, kind of... And my, my partner was looking at me like, oh my God, I thought your your star had faded. Which, is, you know, it has. You know, I'm the I'm the, I'm at the, 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 the fag end of the cigarette. Does that make sense? Is that what it's called? What's the end of the cigarette? That's the dick. It is. I think it's the fag end, which sounds like it's offensive, but it's not. It's the... Anyway, I'm like, you know, I'm like a comet um, that shone brightly, and now there's just a few little lights particles, like, travelling behind with a bit of glimmer. But you never know, it might bloody crash into a bloody star and turn into another comet. And it will bloody be hitting the, hitting the sky again. Uh, I doubt it, but um, that's... Uh, yeah, it's, uh, even my wife looked at me like, what's going on here? Why do these people know you? I was like, well, you remember back in the olden days when I used to be on the box. Um, by the way, it's two years since Sean Locke passed, um, which is kind of heartbreaking. If you don't know who Sean Locke is, you should. Uh, he's he was such an amazing comedian from the UK. He was 
the driest of wits. I think I described him the other day. He's the guy on 8 out of 10 Cats Does Countdown. Um, the, the funny one. And Jimmy Carr's funny, yes, but the funny one. The guy that sits here with the glasses and he's really dry. And uh, as I described him as a vicious, lanky, sardonic, silly... Anyway, and, he's, and that's the thing. He was vicious and silly, which is a great combination. And uh, we were... I, I think we really loved each other. And if I made him laugh, oh my God, that was the, probably the best compliment I've ever got comedically was when he would laugh at me and enjoy what I did. More so than, I hate to say it, any audience or any other person, really. Um, that's how much I loved him and how funny I thought he was. So yeah, he was just, it was hard to make him laugh as well. That was the thing, because he was just, an, he was an asshole in a really great way. Um, yeah, so it's been two years since him, and I think that, that which marks two years since I kind of went off the edge. Um, that I mean, that was part of it was a very small part of the reason why I fell over emotionally in my head hole and uh, went to hospital and yeah, got help and all that type of stuff. Was yeah, it was around two years. So that's two years for me, and there's been probably a year of sobriety in that for me, which is the great thing. And straight back to Australia and straight back to sobriety again, which I'm really looking forward to. Because, I mean, I haven't even overdone it over here, but I do feel like, uh, okay, if I wasn't here, I would be feeling the effects in my little head um, in a sad way the next day. But because there's so much to stimulate me over here, um, I'm, a I'm able and afforded to avoid it. Remember, if you are having a an issue, there are people you can call and um, they can help you out with your head hole problems. They'll make you feel good. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, okay, I'm going to play another little thing here and we'll come back with some, um, some, I don't know, some type of news. I don't know what to do a deep dive on. I've not prepared it. I was thinking about Umami. Um, but yeah, maybe I will. I'll do it on Umami. I've got some stuff here. Um, so I'll, maybe that. But uh, in the meantime, I'll, um, I'll play a little something. And then we'll do Not a People Person episode three. All right. Um, I'll, speak to you in, I'll speak soon. Hi, I'm Bob Maynard from ABC Classic FM. I was in a pancake cafe the other day and I noticed a waitress looking extremely stressed out. I asked her what was wrong and she informed me that the pancake ordering system had broken down. I looked her directly in the eye and said, Uh-oh, somebody broke the pancake computer. Yes, yes, yes. I'm Bob Maynard. The Women's World Cup was a fizzer. What a fizzer. Um, I, we watched it from, what is it, the, the semi-final? No, yeah, the semi-final, the, the one against England from a, a Roy Khan, which is a cheap form of travel in Japan like it's uh like probably a third of the cost of a hotel and it's a traditional Japanese experience not the most comfortable um but cheap and that's a good thing and and, and the little the kids will love it because they feel like they're in a um you know in a, in a Japanese tea house and it's uh there's not there might be a ninja outside the window or something like that um it's kind of like you're all made of pine wooden because it's so hot over here it smells like a sauna in a good way you know, a wooden sauna. Is it called a sauna? Or is that a... What, what's a sweat lodge? I don't know what it's called. Um, but it's... Uh, yeah, the, the pine bakes so much that it just smells beautiful. So we stayed in there and we watched the uh, the English just uh, dominate us. It was so disappointing. Um, and then we watched the Swedish game as well. I was like, oh. Uh, but that goal from Sam Kerr was really, really... Gee, it was good. Gee, it united the country, didn't it? Oh, my gosh. I mean, it wasn't even in the country. And you could just tell how big it was. What a moment. And like, and all these people that are surprised. 
at the numbers. You know why? I mean, it's pretty simple to work it out why. It's just that you've been marketing sport. I mean, any, any man, I know this is just a generalization. I think I said this last time. Any, any like, you know, bloke bloke's going to sit down and watch the sport. Oh, yeah, you, you, what are you doing? You're kicking a ball around. I'll watch that. I've been in so many dressing rooms with male comedians, um, and not the ones I'd probably normally get along with, but just the competitive element of being male that any time to be passed, I'll create some crap game like throwing a card. It was called Cardo, I think it was. Just spinning a card into a bucket. That's the male psyche. Anyway, probably not. That's probably sexist or something. Uh, but uh, yeah, they've realised now the marketing, the money and the amount of audience that is there for women's sport. Duh! Uh, because a whole lot of women will now start to watch it because they can have heroes who actually watch it. Was that's the extraordinary thing, and to, yeah, I lo I love it so much. It's going to be such an ex amazing time in fifteen years in female sport. I don't know what's going to happen to the women's AFL. That feels like it's on the out. Um, which sorry if you're overseas listening to this, thinking what the fuck's he talking about? But um, anyway, we're a little bit we're a little bit behind the times in Australia. Um, I think women's sports pretty much up there in a lot of other countries. I'm not sure in the US how big the Women's Soccer League is, but I think it's pretty big. I know there's lots of money in it. Um, but there you go. All right. Uh, hey, what was I going to tell you? I actually had something interesting to tell. Oh, that's right. I was going to tell you. Look, so the Japanese people, very, you know, very efficient people. And this is a generalization. I know there's probably lots of lazy Japanese people, but very efficient, very clean. There's no bins over here, so you have to look after your own rubbish. Very respectful. They won't accept tips, all this stuff. And I, I, I love it. Um, but they're always in the way like that. They are very, look, considering ha the, the volume of people here, you'd think that, 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 I mean, they do merge around each other quite well. Maybe I've not learned, learned how to do the maneuvering through the crowds of people well enough to not have a difficult time. The other thing I've not, I've noticed, which is shocking to me, I, I just cannot believe it, that they won't, well, they will rarely... This is a, another generalization, but we've been on the trains a lot. They won't stand for old people. What's going on there? I thought, this is me being racist. I thought in, I guess in most Asian societies, that there was a respect and care for your elders. And you'd stand up for, I mean, I mean that's not going to happen on the um, the Broad Meadows line with a, you know, bogan guy out there who's going to stand up for an old lady. He's probably, you know, not going to as well. But just young, put together young people just not standing up for really old ladies. I couldn't believe it. So I made Luna stand up for a little old lady and, and she looked at us like in shock. Um, yeah, really, really odd. Really, I mean, it's a strange, it's not, is it an observation? Is it an obzo? Uh, anyway, I think I've got some messages here from some people as well, which I'm going to read out in a minute. We did a mini pig experience, which I don't know whether these animal experiences, they do feel a little bit cruel. Um, but I know pigs are really, really social and uh, my partner hated it, just was not into having a pig near her. Um, I made her then question that when she thought about pork and bacon and then she got cross at me. Another one of her, we had some huge arguments. Oh my God, I don't know why. Well, I don't know why when you're traveling, it just brings out this this rage. Uh, we're trying to keep them away from Luna as much as possible. Um, just real vicious, quiet arguments at each other um, on, on public transit. Like blaming me for the weather. Like it's my fault it's 40 degrees outside. And just desperately needing to get into aircon um, when it's really hard to do that. And why can't I make that happen right now? What, why, why can't I? God, can't I turn down the sun? Uh, we also did an otter and hedgehog experience. And the otter experience was the cutest, but it felt the wrongest. They shouldn't... I don't think otters should be in a bucket. 
there wasn't in a bucket, but like, you know, just in a tub, you know, in a cage, and then they bring the otter out and they have to completely just keep feeding it so it won't bite you. But then whilst it takes like little treats out of your hand, it's adorable. Like I've worked with otters before. They're, um, when I used to work at Melbourne Zoo and they're gorgeous little creatures, but they are vicious. They will bite you. They're like, they're wet, they're wet cats. That's basically wet cats with like um, little funny hands, which is a really cute concept. Um, but yeah, it was a really great experience for Luna, but I, I did, look, I did the wrong thing and we shouldn't have gone. We should have gone, nah, we're not going to support that. And you know, I, I, you know what I did afterwards as well? As an asshole, I, <laughs> and again, another Australian came up and went, hey, Sam. And I was talking to them and they said, oh, did you do the otter experience? And I lied. I went, no, I, I, I decided not to because I felt so bad. This was after the otter experience. My, my, um, partner was still inside with Luna. And I was sitting out the front and I had regret about doing the otter experience. And then he assumed that I'd done the otter experience and I lied to him and said, no, I hadn't because, because of ethical reasons, because I didn't want him to go in and do the otter experience. What the fuck's wrong with me? (laughs) Uh, That's a really funny thing. That's, that's what's wrong with my head. That kind of thing where I'll do that, where I'll go to an otter experience, feel guilty about it. Someone will go, Hey, did you like the other experience? No, I didn't do it. Ethical reasons. You shouldn't do it either. Okay. <laughs> what is that gaslighting? What's that? That's bad. Uh, uh, and then the, the, another great thing we did was a thing called uh, Team Lab Planets, which is a really big, weird indoor art thing where you're walking through the stars and flower field. It's weird. It was weird. Really weird and hot and Japanese. And then I took Luna to this strange world called, uh, what was it? Oh, I can't even remember what it was called, but basically all the kids have little jobs. So hundreds of kids, hundreds of Japanese kids indoors in mini worlds. So there's a mini fire department. There's a mini bank. There's a mini uh, accountancy firm. It's just, it's preparing them for a work, a, a, a lifetime of working and subservience. It's all it is. Mini police station, mini fashion show, which is the one that Luna picked, which was just mortifying. It was like, um, I don't know whether you've seen the, the, show, the movie Little Miss Sunshine, which is about beauty pageants for children. It was just wrong. It was wrong as fuck. Um, and little girls going out there and posing. It was just not in bikinis, but just in like little outfit. It was not right. And um, there was, I mean, they had good ones like mini scientists, mini um, airline pilots. There was mini burger makers. <laughs> many pizzas so some real low-hanging jobs and then some high aspirational jobs at the same time with just all these tiny little japanese kids just getting around uh putting out fires what was the most ridiculous job i saw there um acting the acting one looked really really weird i guess the soap makers that's what there was a soap factory in there so it was all these little kids like you know some of them two years old just making soap all in uniforms very bizarre experience i've got a lot of footage of this I am going to put it online after I leave Japan. Um, I, I'm trying to get as I tried to get as much footage without kids' faces in it. Luna's in it a lot, of course, but um, jeez, very, very. Oh my god, that was the thing. That this is the thing. So basically, you choose a profession. You walk in there, you talk to someone. Luna chose fashion. Um, just she's at that age. She loves fashion. She's very look. I hate to say this in this time, these times in this crazy world. She seems to be a girl. Um, she's very, very into girly stuff at the moment. And it, you know, as much as I'm trying to push her, we're all trying to push her into doing. She's very good at soccer though. So 
push her away from this stuff and just make her do other things and experience things beyond girly stuff. I don't know where she gets it from. I think it's school. As soon as that happens, they socialize at school and things change. Anyway, I'm sorry to say, I think she's a girl, but... And I'm not saying that doing fashion is just a girly thing. I know who Izzy McGow is and bloody Versace. They were men. Um, but it was a very good... There was no boys in it. It was just all girls um, doing it. And they were doing catwalk walking. It was really wrong. It was so wrong. But the wrongest of the wrong, one of the professions that was on offer... Get your head around this. And maybe this explains a bit about Japanese society. This is the moment where I went, well, this is fucking... This is fucked. One of the professions was bride. You could get married. And there was a little girl there. She would have been six years old getting married. She got married. And then everybody stopped and it was da 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 And a wedding procession happened. And all the other girls who weren't chose to be the bride were the bridesmaids. It was, look, it was just fucked up. I've never seen something. And you, you cannot convince me that, that that's not fucked up. But that is not a profession to become a wife. And it wasn't like a choice. The groom was a girl, which is progressive, but she was dressed. Look, this is, I don't know what's going on with this. She was dressed like a groom, like a male groom in a tuxedo. Um, I think no boys, I doubt any, well, I guess no boys wanted to choose a profession of getting married. I mean, it's not like they were choosing bright. I mean, it was, what it, married is not a profession. Anyway, it was just a very, very strange experience. Um, and Luna was obsessed. And then she's like, can I be the bride? I'm like, no. Um, you won't see that happening in Australia, I'm sure. It was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a, I've got to admit, as a um, an onlooker or a, a voyeur, in not in a weird way, it was very funny, but it's not right. It was not, and that was right next to, I remember the wedding ceremony happened right next to the, the valet racetrack where a guy... Many Japanese kids were dressed as valets taking coupons to park tiny cars. It was like, what is going on here? This is the weirdest. Uh, um, yeah, it was it was odd and uh, and wonderful and disturbing. Oh, sheesh. It's a weird place. It's great. I mean, I'm, I hope I hope you're still listening. I hope I haven't bored you with my breakdown of Japan, but I, I'm going to keep going next week as well because... It is, it's a really, it's a fascinating culture and I'm just trying to, I'm really trying to get my, my head around it. Uh, dining's hard because a lot of places it's smoking uh, with your food, which I also respect. Um, I, I like that you are given, I mean, I hate, I hate cigarettes and I can't deal with the smell of them, but you know, it's kind of nice that they've got restaurants here for people who do want to smoke and eat. Cause it's a bit, when you think about, I, you know, I guess the evocative nature of walking to a noodle bar and there's a, someone from a, um, what do you call the Japanese um, mafia? Uh, the bloody, the, the, not the Kanitsawas, what the hell, what the hell was that? That's hello. Um, yeah, I know you're all screaming out what it is right now and I'll bloody, I'll look it up in a minute. Um, anyway, uh, damn it, it's right on the tip of my tongue. It doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, and they're all, you think they're all in there listening to jazz music and eating sushi and smoking. It's like, yeah, it makes sense. That's really, really cool. Um, but yeah, that's been a bit of a challenge and then you get stuck just eating crap stuff. But, um, a lot of the street food is just so fantastic as well. I have been tempted to, oh, I have actually been in. So when I say tempted, um, I was then untempted after I looked, but I was, just, I heard that, and, I, and don't judge me for this. Okay, I haven't been away for a long, long time, 
but I was like, everyone everyone goes, oh, you got to go to the Japanese McDonald's, and I did, and it was rank. It was just, it just looked awful. I bought one thing, I won't tell you what it was, I had one bite, and I put it away. It was disgusting. But there was a kids option on there, which I bought back to um, our Royken, Ryaken, the anyway, the Japanese-style hotel for Luna, and it was, uh, which is a great menu item to have at McDonald's. For kids, it was edamame beans and corn. What a great idea. Just little edamames and some corn is yum. Make you feel good. Um, so that that's that, that was my McDonald's experience. But uh, by the way, my favorite Japanese word is uishi. Uishi, which is uh, delicious. So do remember that if you do travel. Uishi. Um, okay, arigato. I will uh, be back with you in a minute. Just to get in your problem hole. Dear Sam... I got confused at the shops the other day and I tried to write a guide dog donation statuette. Sarah from Bunbury. Hey Sarah, I did exactly the same thing. I thought the guide dog donation statuette was actually a children's ride. So I put 20 cents in its head, crawled on its back, but ultimately I was left disappointed. And people looked at me like I was weirder looking than the way that I looked before with what my head looks like. Just, Just to, to get in your problem hole. Um, lots of, oh, you really, yeah, lots of really nice emails this week. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. Kim's trying to get me, um, on TV, uh, but it's already all been cast. I know it for a fact, but thank you, Kim. Um, uh, I just, I just can't help that I look like what I look like and it's just the way it's happening. Uh, S- Sam B. Sam, thank you very much. She was talking to me about, um, giving up on my counselling, uh, degree thing because I just I look yes and I do understand what you're saying and there's some really great stuff this is weird responding to emails like this but anyway um thank you Josh uh, thank you Sarah thank you Bronte thank you Bronte I will get back to you guys properly because you gave some really nice um they were just not nice messages and I will respond uh in time Luke thank you Luke for your solo tradie deodorant that was a, that's a very funny I can't they've done a solo uh, a solo flavored deodorant what it, it wasn't even a great brand in the beginning it was fine you know like fine it was just like fine um oh, I've got some dream interpretations here to do though I've got one from is it I've got a message here from Chris Roth. I've got lots of stuff to do. All right, hang on. I'm just going to get to the dream interpretation. I think this is from Tyler. Hang on a minute. I'm just going to drop it in now. And by the way, just so you know, as you should know, I never listen to these before I play them. And I I really don't. So let's get ready. All right, let's get inside Tyler's head. Hey, Sam. Uh, Tyler here. Uh, Nice to meet you. New fan. Well, sort of newish fan. But I hope I would be able to trouble you for a little bit of a dream uh, interpretation. Yes, or analysis. please. So the other night, the other night, I had a dream where I was uh, with my parents, and they were very upset or whatever. And uh, all of a sudden, there was like this announcement coming from the clouds, or you know, all over. You know how dreams are, and uh, it said that there was a nuclear bomb that had been dropped on America, uh, and I was all of a sudden just freaking out, panicking, and my parents were being oddly helpless, so I decided to just run, and um, so I ran to my car, but I looked up in the sky, and all I could see was this little dot coming down, getting closer and closer, so um, it's important to note that the bomb does not detonate in this dream, there's just the, the thing falling and like this unbelievable terror and 
fear running. So, uh, and as I ran to my house to get my car, I realized I left my keys somewhere else. So I was trying to get into the house and I was pounding on the door for someone to come answer the door. And uh, I was, you know, then I woke up in a panicked sweat and I was just wondering what that means. That's the kind of thing Americans are dreaming of about dreaming of the bomb. That's what we do over here, I guess. But uh, yeah, any ideas about uh, what that might mean? Mm, that's um, that's disturbing, Tyler. I think you, um, you're in fear that your parents are going to die. I know that's, that's just brutal. That's just really upfront. I don't think it's about uh, North Korea dropping a bomb. I really, really do not think it's that. I think you may be in... Uh, you're maybe thinking of your own mortality as well. And you are... You, the fact that you couldn't... You felt helpless. Because you can't stop death, Tyler. You can't stop it coming. So you're fidgeting for your keys. You can't... You're trying to put the key in the front door. Uh, maybe, you, maybe you're stymieing yourself at the same time. You, this is self-sabotage. Kind of like, uh, you know, when you're in a relationship that's gone, pardon me, hiccup, gone south. Uh, meaning, you know, it's, it's, it's shit. You know, it's the dead end of the uh, the relationship. You're coming to an end and you just get that, that kind of that breath that you do just before you put the key in the door. Like, oh, shit, they're inside. And you put your key in the door. Uh, I think the fumbling and fidgeting, there wasn't a, a panic. The helplessness of your parents, that, that, sound, that sounds like a, a, a disturbing thing for you. Um, and scared and sad because, you know, you're thinking about, you know, mum and dad are scared of this thing coming down and, and obliterating them as well. I think it's more about your fear of death, maybe, or fear of your parents' death than it is about an invasion happening in America, which is, I just don't think this stuff's going to happen anyway. I really, I mean, look, Russia, whatever, they, they don't seem to have their shit together. So rest assured, I think there's uh, more of a chance of you guys just doing it against each other. I think uh, the North and the South again, or whatever's going to happen, or the Trumpians uh, versus uh, the other ones. I don't know, but I think there's more of a chance of that happening than, and I don't think there's, I mean, no one's going to drop a bomb internally within the state. So rest assured, Tyler, I think you're okay. I think it's just more um, uh, about you spending more time with your parent. This got very serious, didn't it? This is a very serious response to what, I mean, what sounded like a really, uh, really heavy dream. That was a heavy dream. You dream, you dreamt hard, Tyler. You dream hard. That was a hard dream. I love doing dream interpretations. Please, uh, send them in. Please, please send them in. I'm really, really, I really enjoy them. And I do feel like I got to a little place in that. The car? Because you can't drive away from a bomb. What are you running away from, Tyler? Are you running away from bloody telling your dad you love him? Is that what you're bloody... Do I don't know. Maybe that's a bit too personal. Um, that was a good one, though. I like that. I'm not going to do a deep dive this week because I've gone... This this has gone for... I didn't think I'd be able to... I didn't think I had that much to talk about. I've got too much to talk about in general. So um, there's no, no bloody deep dive this week. That's not me getting lazy. I just like to do some prep and do a good one. I will do umami, though. Uh, it's a, which is a, that flavor, that certain flavor that the Japanese strive for consistently within their food. Or mummy. Um, I won't do the voices. I want to do the voices. Oh, it's funny, but I won't do the voices because it's not funny because it's not right. It's bloody not right. Okay. Um, okay. Well, look, Hey, you guys, you guys bloody go get, get out there. Enjoy yourselves. Um, interesting Tyler. You know why? Because I'm spending, I'm investing that time in my family right now because I have a very fractured relationship with my 
parents. It's just, it's not, it's not terrific. It's just not a great uh, relationship. So I'm investing that time in my family that I have immediately in my life and, and, and my friendships and um, even in like on the wife side of my, my partner's side of the family. I don't like the word wife. I don't like partner either. Why can't you just be my other? My other. There you go. My other. Uh, my other side of the family and looking after them. But yes, uh, maybe call, maybe ring your mum and dad. Or have they passed? I don't know, Tyler. Maybe this is getting too deep. It's getting too deep. Now, what I'm doing right now is one of my favourite things is the, the music from um, where I wind up the episode is starting to jingle in the background. Oh, cool. So I'm going to try and do some um, freestyle over the top of it. Okay, you ready? I'll just get a little back. Hey there, Tyler, your mum and dad, are you maybe dying pretty soon, but not from a comet, not from not loving, you need to go and give them a cuddle. Hey there, Tyler, be good, hope you find love, and I hope you find some wood and build a fire, sit around the fire with your mum and dad, and have a good, have a, have some s'mores. That's American, isn't it? A s'more. So where you have a cracker, there's a graham cracker with some chocolate and a marshmallow. Bloody disgusting. All right, guys. And Hershey's chocolate, by the way. The worst chocolate in the world. All right, guys. I'll see you next week from Japan. From the great deserts of Africa to the tropical jungle. From the Arctic tundra to our farms, parks and city streets. Our world is home to over 100,000 species of bird. But how much do we know about these magnificent creatures? Understanding birds takes a special kind of person. Not a cat person, or a dog person, or even a monkey person. And most of all, not a people person. And that's just the kind of person Sam Simmons is. Sam Simmons is not a people person. Let's follow him now on his quest to meet the most extraordinary birds in the world. This small village in the Netherlands, about two hours outside of Amsterdam, is home to many species of animals, living side by side among human beings in a way of life that has not significantly changed for four centuries. Today, Sam is going to meet one of the most extraordinary of these creatures. On the other side of this canal in the field, you can see just over there lives a majestic bird, very rarely seen by people. But if we're very lucky, we might just get a close-up look at a chicken. The female chicken tends to a reddish-brown colour, with a distinctive red comb on its head. Adults can weigh up to... Sam, this is just a normal chicken. Yeah. Are we really doing a show about chickens? Well, it's a bird. Yes. And it's in my so. big book of birds. Well... And you have to admit, they've got a certain way about them. No, they don't. Also, I feel really bad for chickens. Yeah, so... I think I know what you mean. All right, carry on. At this time of year, chickens like this engage in a complex mating ritual, which begins when one of the males lets out his distinctive mating call. Is that the mating call? No, that's a... Whistle. A whistling chicken. No! A whistling man. A whistling farmer man! Whistling. 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 Not a fan of the old whistle, eh? I have got no time for whistles. Why? 
Look, it doesn't matter. Well, let's not worry about it now. After all, we are supposed to be doing a show about birds, aren't we? And I imagine you have lots of interesting facts about chickens you'd like to share with our listeners. So why don't we just... Look, it's just the pure inanity of it. I mean, look at this idiot. Just whistling some nondescript tune. Look at him. Just whistling like an idiot, slightly lolloping toward death. So it's just people whistling that you don't like? Nah, it's pretty much all the whistles. Right. What about this? Yep, that's annoying. Or this? That's worse than the other one. Or this? What the hell? Well, hello! Fun girl! <laughs> Were you wolf whistling at me? Maybe just a little bit. Well, listen here, sex man. I don't take kindly to being sexually harassed. Sexually? I, I wasn't doing that at all. Shut up. You shut up. No, you shut up. No, you shut up. Shup! What's shup? I didn't, I didn't even say shup. Yes, you did. I think you did. Listen to this recording of you saying shup. Shup! Who are you? My name is Linda, and I run that organic okra farm down the road. Yuck! Okra! Hey, buddy, it's good for you. It tastes like shits in my mouth! Whatever! Anyway, I couldn't help but hear that this douche sexually harassed you. Yes, he did. It wasn't even me, it was a pretend wolf whistle, like a sound effect. That's still sexual harassment. That's it, let's fight. I'm not gonna hit a girl. Then you are sexist. Kick him! Ow! Well, we seem to have another complaint letter. What? About the sexual harassment? No, about Sam saying okra is yuck. Yes! Give me that! Dear Sam, I'm, I'm Sean, an okra, okra farmer, farmer from Surrey. I was listening, I was to, listening your to your programme and just wanted, wanted to let you know, know that okra, okra is not in fact yuck, as you said. It's actually a mineral-rich vegetable staple of Southeast Asian and Ethiopian cuisine, rich in vitamin C. Yeah! And vitamin K. That's right. With moderate content of thiamine, folate, and magnesium. Yeah, well, it still tastes like old shits. Here, I've written a song about it. Vitamin. Vitamin. Vitamin C. Vitamin K. Thiamine, folate, and magnesium. Shut up, Sean. No one wants to hear your okra song. Shut up, you creepy turd. I'm not a creepy. Hiding in a hedge, wolf whistling women isn't creepy. Yeah, I'm a bird watcher. That's even creepier. You're like a bird pervert. <laughs> No! <laughs> what kind of birds were you looking at, bird pervert? It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, come on. What birds are you into? Well, I'm actually into chickens. Chickens. Why, Why chickens? chickens? Chickens. I just feel really bad for chickens. Chickens. I think maybe it's gone a bit too far. Isn't that time we picked on another bird, bird, bird? Don't you think it's unfair that when we fall ill, we only eat chicken soup to get better? I mean, why is it always chicken? What about like a bloody budgie broth or a finch bisque? I mean, sure, there's little bones and it's a bit fiddly, but isn't it time? Isn't it time we picked on another bird? Isn't it time we picked on another bird? Like flamingos. I mean, they don't do much apart from look very gay and delicious. How about some southern fried owl drumsticks? Half a swan and chips, please, with 12 penguin wings on the side. Yeah, but you can't eat penguins. Everybody bloody loves penguins. Everybody loves penguins. The cute man. Everybody loves penguins.
loves penguins, but nobody likes seagulls. You know what? Maybe we should open up a KFC. I mean, no one likes seagulls. They're like the junkies of the sky. I once saw a seagull eating vomit. Oh, come, mate. Here's a chip. Oh, come, I just want you. Can I have $30 worth of mixed birds, please? I'll have two finches, quarter mac pie, and a canary, please. Canaries taste like yellow, yeah? I mean, there's so many birds in the world. Have a look at this big book I've got about birds. All right, let's see if I can name them all. There you go, that's Rowan. Uh, there's Patricia right there, that's Neil. Oh, look, there's Gavin and Irene, and there's Rory and Glenn, that's Fanetta. I know it's an interesting name. There's Bron. Oh, damn it! Damn it! It's that whistling farmer man again! Yeah, you just keep whistling, fella! Good luck with trying to use whistling to hide the fact that one day we're all gonna die! You know it's perfectly natural to not want to think about death. I don't mind thinking about it at all. Oh? Yeah, I've actually already planned my own death. Really? Yeah, it's gonna be the perfect final day! So, what happens on your perfect final day, Sam? Well, first of all, I'm licked awake by a basket full of excited Labrador puppies. <gasps> Stop it! Then I jump out of bed and go straight down a water slide. But guess what? I don't look creepy. Of course not. Anyway, halfway down the water slide, I see Liv Tyler from when she was in that film Armageddon. Hi, Sam. Oh my God, Liv Tyler. She makes me the most perfectly balanced, spicy Bloody Mary. Then I tell her a funny story and she laughs as her mahogany brown mane just falls around her eyes. <laughs> oh, Sam. Then straight back on the water slide where I continue down and Bill Nye just gives me the thumbs up. All right, Sam. But uh-oh, he's not the only celeb. There's also John C. Riley and Sigourney Weaver, but they're both body painted like Smurfs singing My Way by Frank Sinatra. Then I'm right back on the water slide and suddenly it's Christmas in Australia and I'm eating cold prawns in the sun and I'm a little bit white wine drunk and then I continue back on the slide. You love Vionetta? Yeah, I think it's because I have European roots. The Vionetta's crunchy chop topping breaks my fall, then I crash through the layers into the creamy ice cream. Then, bang! A sniper takes me out and I die in the Vionetta. Perfect final day. Hey! Whoa, buddy! What seems to be the problem? You. What about me? I'm, I'm just a farmer. Yeah, you're a whistling farmer. Oh, you mean like this? Yeah! Not a fan of the old whistle then, eh? Not in any way at all. Nothing wrong with a little whistle, unless it's a wolf whistle. That's sexual harassment. Yeah! Look, I just hate whistling, okay? Come on, lad, spit it out! What? You're not telling us everything. Why do you hate whistling so much? Whistling. Nothing wrong with a little whistle. Yeah. Whistling. You're not telling us shut everything. Up. Shut up. No, you shut up. No, you shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Oh, okay, now you go. Okay, okay. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay, Sam. Now you have to whistle. I don't really. I don't really want to. You have to. Yeah, yeah. You got to. I don't. I do it at home Sam, by no. myself. I don't no, need no, to do it, do it now. right you now. Have to do it now. I don't really want to do Sam, it. You have to do it now. I feel like doing it right. It's whistling time. It'll be really okay. It's whistling right. clock. All right. I'll do it. <laughs> Stop that! Sam, shut up! Oh, don't! You shut up! You shut up! I get it now. You hate whistling because you never learned how. And back in school, all the kids used to laugh at you about it. Yeah. I think this also explains why you're such a sexist. Well, yeah. And why you hate okra. Well, no. No, it doesn't. Well, that's, uh, that's a pretty sad bit. Yes, it, it was a bit of a sad bit. Sad bit. Sad bit. Bit of a sad bit. bit of a sad bit. Sad well, bit. that's uh, sad bit. That's a pretty sad, sad bit. bit. Bit of a sad bit of a sad bit. It's a bit of a sad bit of a sad bit. Sad bit, 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 Sad and sad and sad teach you how to whistle. Let's hear you try. No, 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 no. No, like this. You gotta, you gotta do it like you're a turkey trying to blow out a candle. Okay, I'll, I'll give it a go. That's, yep, yep, nearly got it. Nearly, nearly. Think about sucking a soda pop through a bendy straw, but in reverse. Ah! Good for you, lad. I did it. I just did it. You did Good for you, sexist! You guys hungry? Yeah. Yes! As long as it's uh as long as it's not chicken. If it's chicken, we're going to be eating chicken. Next week on Not a People Person. Hey! You look good in jeans. No thanks, I'm good. It's really nothing to do with birds at all anymore, is it? Yeah, no. Yeah, this is the worst documentary ever. 